for the vision time tonight, before we dive into this, uh, we should pray. But for the vision time tonight, we're going to talk about organizing for mission. So it's uh, as we kind of move out of Stratop into what is stuff going to actually look like in the congregation? What, what's this going to mean for us? One of the pieces is this organizing piece. So I just want to talk about that a little bit tonight. But uh, let's pray, shall we? God, help uh, me as I talk. Help us as we think. Uh, we know that you're good, Lord Jesus. We know that you're alive. Uh, we know that you love us with a, a, a depth of love that we can't even imagine. Uh, so thank you for that. Re- remind us of who we are in you, of our solid identity in Christ, um, and help us reflect your goodness uh, to, to all we encounter this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's, let's talk about organizing for mission. So if, if you've been around and are, are kind of tracking with the Stratop process, we've been through the retreat phase in that. There are now five teams up and working, the prayer team, the discipleship team, uh, the communications team, the care and belonging team, and the organization team. So those are five separate groups kind of working on things. And um, that uh, all those teams are doing good work, and some are kind of working on broken things that we need to fix. So we're hoping that that will be more project-based. You know, we come up with some, some good solutions to stuff that's not working that well. Other teams are working on kind of crafting a vision for how we'll uh, press into the future, kind of what plan we'll adopt. So examples of this would be uh, really the, the communications team is kind of working on something that some of us experience as being kind of broken, right? We're in this transitional place between a medium-sized church and a large church. We're multi-generational, four generations. People have different preferences, so how do we not just publicize things, but how do we communicate well and hopefully we'll have some good ideas around that. Um, The discipleship team is thinking more about crafting a pathway for growth, uh, kind of instilling into the body, hey, your next step could be this along a discipleship pathway because the end goal is more folks taking a kind of missionary footing where they are uh, in the the community, in the world, with the audience being the world, not just our, our congregation here. So uh, as the organization team has, has begun to meet and start thinking about this, and we've only met just a couple times, we realized pretty quickly that uh, we, we would need to take a step back and organize around some more fundamental concepts than the things that we've been discussing in Stratop. Because we're kind of pursuing this idea of a very simple organization, kind of fast and flat, not much red tape bureaucracy, because we're, we're just a small organization, right? And we want it to be very clear about where we're going. So we've been, we've been kicking that around, and part of that process will include uh, kind of identifying the essential functions of the church. What is it that we do, and how do we organize around those essential things? <clears throat> and as you know, our current, we don't really call it a mission statement, really. I guess we've called it a purpose statement, sometimes a motto, the the growing disciples who make disciples, this idea that we've, over the past few years, been highly committed, at least um, 
the language that I use in, is the research and development kind of investment in, in really getting to know other Christian friends who are doing discipleship in a way that's really reproducible. So that's, that's um, becoming, growing larger in its kind of public footprint. It, it's been kind of a few people exploring this thing. So a few of, in, of you in this room have experienced something called a huddle, which is a small gathering of people where we talk about reproducible, discipling kind of methods. Some of you in here are in my Life Shapes class on a Sunday morning, uh, which we're doing right after the service. That's We're also trying to talk through this reproducing, discipling model, what that might look like. And we're starting to get that. We're starting to get some traction on that. So that will grow uh, and, and uh, be a big part of what we're doing as a church. But it won't be the only thing. Right? And this is, this is the thing the organization team has grappled with. Because if you really look back to Scripture and ask, what is it that God asks of us? We don't have to reinvent the wheel because we have a very clearly stated what the Lord asks of us in the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Right? So really, at the end of the day, uh, Christians sometimes go through these big processes and end up right where we started, with the things that Jesus said quite simply and quite clearly. So, great commandment, right? Somebody asked, hey, hey Jesus, what, what should we do? First, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So love God. And second commandment's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And remember, the, the, uh, a follow-up question was asked, remember, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus went on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan uh, very clearly illustrating that our neighbor is everybody. Maybe even especially those people who aren't like us. Uh, ethnically, socioeconomically, geographically. You know, the neighbor is the other, and we are called to love that person. Right? So love God, love others. That's a great commandment. And then Great Commission is make disciples, right? And, and I, would, I would contend that that's, that's the game plan, right? Those, those are the, the things around which the church of Jesus is organized, loving God, loving others, and making disciples. Uh, and if you really think about essential functions in the church, things that we're already doing, we're kind of organized around some of that stuff already, right? We, we organize around worship, <clears throat> So if you, if you had to kind of draw a pie here and, and split things up, I mean, you have love God, uh, love others, and make disciples. And a lot of what we're doing already falls into that category. So loving God, that would be, be uh, worship, um, our intentional investment in prayer? How do, how do we pursue the Lord in these things? So if you were to kind of divide up a pie in big things around which to organize, you know, you could do it like this. Um, then we, when we think about loving others, and I'm just touching a few things, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to include everything, so I'm leaving a lot of stuff out, right? But just in terms of how we organize as a congregation, uh, our, we've charged our pastoral deacons to lead us in ministries of mercy and justice and service. And that this idea of leading us toward others, of, of serving uh, those in the community, not, in just, not just in ways that uh, 
represent kind of a hand out ministry, but really represent a hand up kind of ministry. It's a difference between mercy and justice sometimes, right? I mean, mercy is a hand out, and we need that. But helping people change their fundamental life uh, position, like, you know, things like Habitat for Humanity, because homeownership really changes somebody's dynamic economically, things like that. So we've got, we've got some love others going on. Um, I, I was talking about the reproducible discipleship model, the current discipleship team. Get, we're becoming much more intentional about actually organizing around making disciples. And, and what, what Jesus meant by that, and what I mean by that up on this board, is not uh, the organized church primarily through paid staff people educating Christians with more biblical content. That, that's one sliver of discipleship because discipleship involves, uh, I'm going to draw it really small up here. The discipleship triangle has three points, information on the top, imitation down here, and innovation over here. And the, the large problem with discipleship as conceived in many Western churches is that it's just informational. If we take another class, learn some more stuff, you know, that, that we will have then been, been discipled if we have the proper content and, and belief in our head. But the problem is that's not necessarily reproducible. We might be able to download some content to somebody else, but we don't talk about the full character quality is kind of the, the full life following of Jesus. We don't have an effective model to imitate, let alone uh, uh, the background information and models to imitate such that we can make the model our own and, and kind of go do this on our own. So making disciples means actually a reproducible thing that will move forward as we make disciples of others. They will actually go and disciple others. Because at the end of the day, again, the Great Commission is the only suitable strategy for accomplishing the task Jesus gave us, which was make disciples of all nations, which sometimes gets interpreted inappropriately, by the way, as go and evangelize people so that there are some believers in every nation of the world. That is not what that means. The command is make disciples of all nations. Literally, make disciples of everyone everywhere. That, that's the instruction. Right, of all nations, the, the panta is the Greek word. They're like everybody everywhere. That's, that's the goal. Um, so love God, love others, make disciples. And other stuff you have, you have to organize around a church. Whenever you have an organization, you have operational stuff, right? There, there are things that you, you just do. So if you're thinking about um, kind of church stuff, you know, we have to, uh, we have to keep a facility you know, warm and <laughs> clean, and there's just stuff, right, that, that, that is, is part of this. Um, so as, as, we, as we come to thinking about this organizational task as, as an organization team, we're, we're going to be thinking about these kinds of things, and I just wanted to give you as the leadership core kind of first glimpse at this, a head, heads up on this. We're not at all sure where this is going to lead, but the goal of the organization team is to organize more clearly and, and probably simply around mission so that we're, we're focused on the stuff we really feel called to um, and, and structured. The, the form 
the structure of our organization follows the function that we want to accomplish. Um, so that, that's really all I wanted to present to you tonight in, in the sense of this is part of the conversation, like how we organize ourselves. And, and to make uh, that point a bit clear too, this isn't just about um, you know, what, what paid staff people do we employ. I, mean, I think paid staff is a part of this, but it really is every structure of organization in the body. So uh, how, how, does, how does paid staff work in this? How does uh, consistory work in this? What does it mean to be an elder or a deacon in, in, a, in a church that's organized around the mission? Who does what? What ministry teams do we need to, to see this move forward properly? What, what uh, function is, is that team uh, uh, kind of given the mandate to lead? So we're just going to try to get real clearer on all of those things all the way across the board. Does that kind of make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So any questions about that or anything else? <laughs> How's that for the open door? Just open Q&A time. Adrian. Hold on one second. Let's, we're recording this, so Adrian, could you repeat that question just into this microphone? Is there any significance to oh, the now, diagram? One more time, Adrian. Sorry, Bob will get it on. Okay. Is there any significance to the fact that the diagram is divided up into quarters? Is there any significance that the diagram is divided into quarters? Uh, no. That is my very preliminary stab at at stuff around which we might organize. If this is just brainstorming, throwing stuff up on the board, right? So the organization team has not thought about this much at all. There could be other things. Um, I think that the, the bigger conversation I want, want to invite you into is that we're having this conversation, like how, how we will actually organize the church around mission. And certainly it will include these three things, right? Because those, those are the biblical uh, kind of mandates, but no, no significance to quarters. Could be fifths or sixth or something, or or just yeah, yeah. Any other questions about the the organization stuff or or anything? I I yeah yeah, Kathy. I know this is a real process, but is there yeah. any? I know there's a kind of a timeline, but is this going to be over the next six months? Three years, ten years, or right. what kind yeah. of timeline? Yeah, what's the timeline for this work? Uh, at the last organization team meeting, we were kicking around. It'll probably take it'll probably take six months. Yeah, the team is going to try to meet regularly. We're not exactly sure. It certainly will be less than three years, or five years, or ten years. But yeah, it, so we're we're thinking six months ish, maybe a little bit more than that. Just and and it takes some working through, right? Um, just how are we really going to do this? What's it going to look like? Yeah. Any other questions? I get that this is just kind of informational. I just wanted to, as, as the leadership core, right, I, I would just love all of you to be praying about this and be aware that the conversation is happening. Good? Yeah, Don. You know, one thing that really uh, got to me is I remember when our missionary spoke last week when they were saying about the different places, like we always say, over to overseas to the mission, do over here to the mission. Right. And when he came up with a challenge and said, you know, the mission here's here in the United States, how much truth is that? I mean, 
you know, when we hear stories of the church, people just keep dropping out of church and just, and just going along with their busy lives. Yeah. And they're disconnecting. Yeah. You know, what do we do? I mean, we have an area here that we could probably minister to. And yeah. How do we reach out to them? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Don. And, and in, in the, the, the circles of which I'm a part, in kind of pastor-type circles and RCA circles, the, there's a lot of conversation around, um, you know, how, how, what, what do we do in the church? How do, how do we, uh, and that means us, right, the church, not just church staff people, but how do we, the church, conceive of reorganizing our lives around mission because there is something in the psyche of a North American church member that thinks mission is not here, it's over there or somewhere else. And the reality is that has never been true, uh, but it maybe was more believable under the Christendom kind of thing in, in the US. Um, but, it's, but it's now just statistically untrue. I mean, the, the mission field is here and it's just going to get more that way. Right, so, so what does it look like? What does it look like for Don DeGood to make a, a five-degree change in his life to organize around a mission? What does it look like for John Sherrill to do that? And that's, that's what this bit is about. Like, wh what could we actually do differently to potentially see different results in the lives of people with whom we're connected in, in the community? That's kind of the thing. Yeah, Greg. And really, kind of open Q&A, if you have any other questions about church life, life stuff, let's, uh, let's talk about it real quick. Yeah, Greg. As I'm listening uh, to this and I'm thinking about, uh, I'm mission-minded to begin with. You um, are. Yeah. So it's, uh, as I think about how I go about, um, I look at my life, where I work, the neighborhood I live in, mm -hmm. all of this is being my mission field. Yeah. And I go about my life that way, and I love having the job that I have that uh, gives me the opportunity to do that. Um, but I think a lot of people don't realize uh, some of the ways that we're actually engaging community and working in a missional way to invite people uh, into the church, uh, into the space, create relationships and opportunities. Um, we had Trunk or Treat. You know, back when, I would never have thought of Trunk or Treat as being something the church should even be involved in. But having it the other night, and we had everybody from everywhere together and enjoying each other's company, yeah. and then being invited to fifth in the process and saying, hey, you know, uh, we're here and we want to be part of your lives. Um, so we have a number of different ways that we open up our doors and invite people in. So the thought is your mission field is that sphere around you in your life and there are people that need to be invited in yeah. So simple invitation. Yep, yep, yep. 
how, how did the app thing go? Oh, Kathy has another question. <laughs> So what we're talking about being missional where you are, we used yeah. to call it evangelism. Yeah. And we, we used to have teams and committees and councils. We had an evangelism <clears throat> counselor for years right. and years, but right. I really never knew anything came out of it, actually. Right. There might have been right. that I just wasn't involved. I don't know. Yeah. But along with definitely the need around our own life sphere and balance, there's also still that need around the world globally. Yes. For people who've never heard even in the name of Jesus. Right. And we can't, right. I think it's a both and, not either or. We have to include everything, right? <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the making disciples thing, that does not exclude evangelism. Um, it, it just means that when, when Jesus gave us the central command by which to reach the world, it was to make disciples. And a disciple is equipped to share their faith with other people, right? So we, we've realized that. We've realized that we haven't hit in our congregation very uh, uh, much at all, really, in the, in the teaching ministry, how to share our faith. Just some, some like two or three simple reproducible models, like a, a way we could go about sharing our faith with other people in, in a non-weird way, right? Where we actually feel empowered to do that. So, yeah. We'll say that, Greg? Greg says, do it the weird way if it takes that. Yeah, if it's... So Janice says that some people are more equipped for the weird way than others, Greg. <laughs> Just wanted to get that on the recording. That was <laughs> so what, what else are you wondering about in the life of the church? Adrian. Right. So you asked about the, uh, the new application. The app rollout, yeah. Okay, so um, it works fine on an iPhone. Yes. It does not look that great on an iPad because oh, interesting. when it's installed, it comes up um, the wrong, you know, it, it stays vertical. Stays vertical. It stays, stays portrait, even okay. though an iPad, when you view it, can be viewed horizontal. Thank, Thank you. you for the feedback. We will check back, back also, on the tablet um, application. And so then I thought, okay, no problem. I'll just go to the web page. But when you get to the web page... From that point, it's too big. The, the text is too big, so it doesn't fit. Interesting. When you, when you access the website through the app, app on a tablet. Yes, it doesn't fit right. We'll check that out. So yep. it's, just a little, it's not no, a big no, deal. But thanks. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in the, in the uh, working out the kinks. In okay, the so one other thing, if I may... If yeah, the, yeah, yeah. If please. the complaint lines are open, sorry, but <laughs> uh, on the giving tab, yeah, you um, it forces it asks you to authorize cookies, and I don't want to do that on my phone. Yeah, and so that's kind of a showstopper. Yep, yep, that would be a deal breaker for you then for probably any online giving application. Yeah, so I don't know if there's another way to get around that. I was thinking maybe just go directly to. Uh, Push pay, but I don't know if that would work. Uh, I don't know the technical answer to that. Maybe, Maybe other people do, but I... deep into the woods here to do this. Yeah, but, yeah. But something it, to think about to take a it, look at. It, it has to do with uh, the degree to which you trust the website, right? Yeah. So this website is a banking-level uh, secure site. I was trying to find a place to turn off everything but this, but there yeah. doesn't seem to be... A, it's the all-or-nothing deal with these cookies. We could probably help you with that. I think right. you can allow on a particular Maybe site. Can, but smarter yeah. than I can figure that out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Josh has got you on that one. Marsha. Well, yeah, talk. 
Yeah. So for those of us who had already set up online giving through PushPay, yes. like had downloaded the PushPay app, oh, yeah. do we need to stop that and redo it now through Fifth, or does that automatically... Our, um, our electronic giving... Sorry, I interrupted you. Did you yeah, no, your that's just, I'm just wondering. Do we yep. need to change anything, or is it automatically synced? You, you do not need to change anything with your electronic giving, because PushPay is actually the company that provided this app for us, and they are our electronic uh, uh, giving provider that has our stuff on the website and in the app. However, if you want the Fifth Church app, which includes communication, not just giving, then you can delete the PushPay app from your mobile device and download the Fifth app. Then when you just go to giving, you'll just need to sync your account one time by entering your mobile phone number. And then it'll find your PushPay app, bring it into the Fifth app. Right now, I just have both apps. Great. It does. It's a, you don't. No, no. The giving thing in the Fifth Church app is PushPay. Yep. Yeah. Any other questions? App stuff, stuff you've been thinking about in the life of the church? Yeah, Katie. Oh, one second here. Oh, wow. It's a sprint. <laughs> um, just a comment about yeah. the app. Yeah. In the notes, which I really liked to take the notes on my phone and yeah. I could save them which I really appreciated because inevitably I lose my notes and then I can't refer back to them. Um, it would, there were some sections where if you weren't filling in a blank, you couldn't add notes until the very bottom. So huh. I don't know if there's a way to like, you know, add some empty space to add notes as we go. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing was my 14-year-old son downloaded the app and I was really excited about that. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, I mean, he doesn't look at a bulletin, but he's like, oh, an app. Put it on okay, well, that's cool. So I thought that was cool. That's great. That's a cool point of feedback. Yeah, thank you. We'll check out the notes thing. It's just more convenient. Yeah, kind of more free space to write. You okay? I always welcome any feedback that you have, any concerns that you have about the church. I would love to hear if you're thinking something. So if not here, feel free to pick up the phone anytime or shoot me an email. would love to connect and, and talk.